0: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings first ever time on the Pat Mayo Experience or any of my shows ever we're talking tennis U.S. Opens tennis, men's odds, women's odds, some tennis strategy when it comes down to betting, maybe even some DraftKings strategy as well. If you're a DFS, DK tennis player, what I need you to do is smash the like button to the video in the comment section. Please tell me who you think is going to win from the women's side and the men's side at the U.S. Open this time around, also remember to subscribe to the audio podcast, rate the show five stars, and be on your way. Share the show around. We need to get the subs on Mayo Media Network up and up and up and up and up. Because That's only good news for everyone. That means more content for everyone. But hey, we're trying out some tennis today. See how this goes. If it goes well then I think that we can kind of keep this going. At least grand slams for the time being, because I've been getting back into tennis just a little bit. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network, by the way. You got to do that. Uh, but one of the places I am subscribed to is the Fade the Noise betting package, uh, ftnbets.com. Promo code Mayo for a discount. And I've been digging the tennis section. Uh mainly because I've been winning. Uh, I don't know anything about tennis, although when I start looking at some of the names at the top of the men's draw, I'm just like, "Ah, well, these are the same people who were there 15 years ago." So uh, I can jump back in pretty easily. It's the people with the weird Eastern European names, which I'm going to butcher 100%. That's where I need to go because I don't see my guy Marat Safin around anymore, so I can't just blindly bet on him. So what I've been doing is basically just tailing Josh Gross from over at ftnbets.com. I thought he was a bot when I started following him on Twitter. Cause it's at Josh three, three, zero two. I was like, yeah, that's a bot name, but it turns out he's a real dude and he's on the line. What's going on,
1: Josh? Uh, good to uh, be on. And um, I gotta be honest. That's not the first time I've heard that. Hey, let's see. Maybe you just turn it to like Josh
0: tennis or just use your entire <laughs> name. I, mean, I actually did think that you were like a, a spam bot when it came out of it, but then I started winning money with the picks and I was like, you know what bot or not, I'm in.
1: <laughs> well, something was working whether or not it, whether or not I was a bot or not. So,
0: so we're taking these odds right now from dksportsbook.com. We're going to start off with the men's side of things. These are all the futures right now cuz the draw has actually been released. Novak Djokovic is a minus 125 favorite to win this tournament. Do you think that's too high or too low for him here right now without Federer and Nadal around?
1: Um well, without Federer and Nadal, he's probably priced where he should be. Um just looking back at history, um it's pretty much the same price that Nadal gets when he's at when he's at the French Open. Uh in past years it's really only been Nadal that's challenged him at Grand Slams because he's just too good in five sets. Uh getting three sets off Djokovic is a ridiculously tall task. And um yeah, without without either Nadal or Federer and really really just Nadal these days, um it's it's gonna be a pretty, pretty difficult job to um the throne Djokovic, especially on the quick, hard court surface.
0: Yeah, well, I, that's why I wanted to ask you. Like, obviously, if you get Nadal on clay, that plays to his advantage. Clearly, Wimbledon, the grass surface with Roger Federer, that works out, although he's pretty good everywhere. But when you get to a hard surface like this, like the Australian Open, is that going to lend credence to a potential upset from someone who just absolutely annihilates their serves? Like, is, is Milos Raonic live because he just might ace everyone to death? It's actually funny you say that. Um,
1: Miloš Ronic is in the final of the Western and Southern Open this week, which is actually being played at the same location as the U.S. Open is because they have a whole bubble for um, both events. And he's actually playing Djokovic tomorrow in the final. So we should get a good idea of how he'll be able to handle Djokovic. Um, but he's played really well this week. And right now, I and mean, we'll get into it a little bit later, but he's he's got a good price. And uh, without two of the other big three there somebody's probably going to make a deep run and if they happen to have their best day it's going to um be a good opportunity to push jokovic well i just i see someone i mean i'm
0: canadian so i hear about milo all the time not great i'm not gonna lie to you he's not a, like a fun guy to watch play tennis but it seems to me like if he were to have a path to actually win the u.s open someone else would need to beat jokovic along the way wouldn't they
1: Yeah, um, they actually threw out a stat today on the broadcast that he's um, 0-10 head-to-head, and I think five of them were at Masters 1,000 events, which are basically the one step below the Grand Slams. Um, So, yeah, I mean, he he doesn't really stand much of a chance against Djokovic unless he happens to have a career match, but um, there's definitely others in the field that could take Djokovic out, uh, and he's actually a little bit banged up right now, so – you know, it, it's it's been a long break from tennis, and he's coming off a COVID um bout, and he's looking a little bit sluggish. So you never know. You just you just never know what could happen with him.
0: So if it's not gonna be Djokovic from the top, and I don't know if I can feasibly bet on Milos Ranish. There's a couple guys at like 6-1, to 7-50, 9-1, 20-1, 20-1 as we go down. Like I said, these are names. I assume this guy, Stephanos, um, with the Greek last name, is from Greece. Is he from Cyprus? Is like, where's this guy from?
1: Uh, he is from Greece.
0: Yeah, see, there, there we go. See, I, I'm just going to uh-huh. end up butchering all of these names. So we got, like, Russians or Eastern Europeans, whoever they might be. Who, if we just took Djokovic out of this, who would you cap as, like, your three favorites to at least get to the final?
1: To get to the final, I would have to go first off with, um, Daniil Medvedev. He reached the final last year and I'm trying to think who actually beat in the semifinal off the top of my head. I don't he didn't beat Djokovic. I know that, but he, um, ended up losing to Nadal in five sets. It's a new, um, surface on the hard court at the U S open. So it's not exactly like last year. Um, so it's hard to really justify results from previous years at the U.S. Open, but he's arguably one level behind the, the big three right now. He's He came off a ridiculous summer last year. Um, he didn't play much during uh, the whole quarantine, but he came out firing just like last year before he uh, got ousted by Roberto Batista this week. Um but he's got everything, everything you need to really win a grand slam. It's just if he can avoid any of those guys in the tier above him, he should really take a step ahead. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's got a good shot at getting to the final
0: um other than that like if we go down the list like i see andy murray's name on this and since i looked at my watch and it's not 2009 uh, does should that mean anything to me is he like overvalued because people actually know who andy murray is or has he now successfully returned and if he gets it all together he could play one last great tournament
1: uh well you know he's actually looked pretty good i'm i'm gonna give him some credit uh he's definitely not what he used to be as a player he's got a literally a metal hip and the Latour jokes about that all the time with him, but, um, you know, he looks good. He beat Alexander Zarev, who is, you know, one of the up, up and coming stars in the game. Uh, so, I mean, he's got the goods. It's just a matter of whether or not he can put, um, two weeks worth of wins together and whether or not his body can hold up.
0: Yeah. I guess with five sets instead of three sets, is that like going to, I assume that just favors the better player over time. Like anything does almost like a seven game series versus a five game series. You're going to see fewer upsets in a seven game series in almost any sport than you would in five. You just have a larger sample to end up going by. So when it comes to men's tennis, do you actually even like bet the outrights before the tournament starts or is men's tennis better served to be betting day by
1: day? Uh, I prefer day by day, just because it's so top heavy with, with specifically Djokovic, um, and you really rarely see anybody outside maybe twenty to one make a deep run, let alone win the whole thing. Um, but value pops up every day, so it's it's just it's just a better better route to go with men's.
0: So does that actually work out for women's tennis as well? Because it seems like they're just far more upsets in women's tennis, even if it's like Serena losing or something like that. That was when I tailed you on the other day. I haven't got the <laughs> sets right on that one. Just like, yeah, let Serena get out to a bit of a lead here and just watch it all crumble. She's not looking great. And boom, she ends up losing. So she's not even the favorite on the women's side, but does women's outright betting before a tournament start lend itself better to long shots and underdogs?
1: Yeah, I, I love the outrights on the women's side. There's just, it's, there's so much more volatility with the women that, um, There's value everywhere pretty much on the board. And the the favorites, at least in recent Grand Slams, have rarely won. They'll make deep runs and and get to a semifinal or a final. But the last, I want to say the last three hardcore Grand Slams winners have all been, I believe, 30 to one or longer.
0: So I'm looking at the women's odds right now. Uh, Osaka is the favorite. She's four to one. Serena's five and a half to one. So in terms of outright betting on a tournament, does Serena get like the Tiger Woods treatment where that's who everyone who doesn't know anything about tennis is going to bet on so they can price her whatever they want and people are still going to bet. They're like, oh, five and a half to one. That sounds pretty good. Like what, what do you think her legitimate odds if you were pricing it should be to win the US Open?
1: This year, I wouldn't touch her for anything less than like, pro. I mean, twenty to one maybe would be pushing it a little bit. I wouldn't touch her for anything around thirty to one or or less. All right, so she,
0: just, just just wipe her right off the map, then just to start. Don't pick yeah. Serena outright.
1: Yeah, she's she hasn't been the same player since um mm-hmm. since she gave birth to her daughter, and um the last couple of weeks specifically, she just she, she, she doesn't look good. Like there's really no other way to put it. Um, so where do you think that the value lies in
0: the outright market from the women's side?
1: Um, well, one name specifically that I've been pretty vocal about on social media, um, Alina Rebakina. right now, she is 33 to one on DraftKings, and she's been as high, I think as 50 to one and as low as I want to say 21 to one
0: so you look around to find the odds on her
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right is there anyone else from like that deep back in the pack you can actually see making a run at this because like I was even looking at, I think it's the it's Djokovic versus Raonic in the finals of the tournament uh, that's going on right now. I think he's like a minus 550 favorite. So even if you got your long shot to the finals against Djokovic, you can't even really hedge out of it because it's not worth it. It does seem like in women's, like, do you see like a minus 550 favorite unless it was like Serena versus the worst player in the field?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, if they're, if you see a finals matchup, unless it's somebody that's like you've never heard before that made that's making a miracle run. You're probably going to see, um, tighter odds on it just for the benefit of the doubt that they made a run in the first place.
0: Well, if that's the case, then is there anyone lower than 33 to one? Is there like a hundred to one long shot an 80 to one long shot that you can see at Um, least getting to like the quarters, maybe the semis. And then you could potentially just even
1: hedge out your money on the other side. Oh, one, one name at 50 to one that I've actually, that's caught my eye in recent days. Um, Amanda Anisimova out of the U.S. She's um, an 18-year-old who made a semifinal run at the French Open last year and unfortunately missed the U.S. Open because her father passed away, um, I think, a week before the U.S. Open last year. Um, But she's back now, and she has a new coach that seems to have improved her game a little bit, and she has a pretty nice draw, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah. Um, well actually let's jump into that right now then. So the uh, the women's
0: draw by itself, uh when it came out, like did you see a path for certain people being like, oh, that's an easy side of the draw?
1: ironically, I couldn't believe the draw that Serena got. It I, I predicted it, but it didn't surprise me in the in the slightest that they're gonna gift her as good a draw as possible to try to get her as deep in the in the tournament as they can. But um She's going to eventually run into either Anisimova or Maria Sakari out of Greece, who just beat her this week on the same surface, on the same courts. So that section and quarter um, stands out to me just because Serena is the big name in it. And if she's out, it's going to be wide open.
0: All right, so uh, in terms of the men's draw, unless there's something else from the women's draw that you saw outside of that one quarter being like, all right, here we go. There's a potential upset possibility for someone to sneak through and get
1: all the way through. Is there anything like that on the men's side? Uh, on the men's side, there was... I have to get to the draw quickly for a sec. <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot where it was, though. Um. Yeah, I mean, we talked about him earlier, but Milos Raonic has oh that's a hard sell it. that's such yeah. a that's such a hard <laughs> sell for me <laughs> um yeah i mean there's two two other top 15 seeds in his section alone but they both have tough first round matchups and if they happen to get past their first round matchup they have even more difficult second round matchups um so it's possible that some of the seeds before um before they reach him in the, in the uh draw are um, out of the tournament completely before and that just gives him an opportunity to get further than he probably should um but just the way that he's been playing along with the draw that he has really gives him an opportunity
0: all right so i guess milo shit is oh, man, i don't want to back him at 17 to one <laughs> whatever happened to my girl eugenie bouchard is she any good anymore or is she just like not playing tennis
1: <laughs> you know I, I i try to give Jeannie as much credit as possible but she she's nowhere near as good as she used to be but she I'll i'll give her some credit though she's getting better she's playing a um i guess it's considered an itf it's basically like a lower level tournament um in Prague on clay so she's prepping for the french open so we'll see what she does there and you never know
0: I guess so. Like, I mean, just following her, just because it was all over the news up here, like how good she was like Canada's next big tennis star. And then she like fell in the locker room and she hasn't been good since. Like, is that the injury that's going on or is it anything, something else more than that?
1: I I think it's just confidence after that injury, she pretty much lost all her confidence in in her game. And she's gone through at least six or seven coaches in the last couple of years. Um, but I, I like what she's got right now. She's got Renee Stubbs, um, a former a former professional who had a great career herself, and um, she worked with one of the best trainers in the game or in the industry during the quarantine, and she's really gotten into good fitness, so she, she's got a chance to turn it around, but she's got to get her confidence back.
0: All right. So shout out, shout out Jeannie. I hope you make the comeback. I mean, I would enjoy watching that, especially if it's going to be, when is the French open? Anyway, like, uh, everything is just b- like blowing my mind yeah. right now. Cause there's like Kentucky Derby coming up. There's golf majors, obviously football is starting. When is the French open?
1: I believe it's two or three weeks after the end of the U S open. So sometime in the end of September.
0: It's gonna be a busy month for me, especially if we keep doing these uh, Grand Slam shows. Is there anything from day one, like matchup-wise, that you saw where, like, oh boy, that's a mispricing?
1: Um, not not on the um, on money lines or spreads, but I actually like the over on the Steve Johnson John Isner match. Okay. The, um the two have played a few matches head to head and. They're both big servers. We know Isner's got the biggest serve in the game probably all time. Um, but Steve Johnson has a, a, a pretty big serve himself. And Isner is not great at breaking serve. So that match should get a couple tie breaks. And you rarely see someone win three straight tie breaks. So if they happen to play multiple tie breaks, it's possible that um, Johnson takes a set off the tie break and they end up playing four plus sets. And right now, I believe the over is 40 and a half.
0: And that's even money on both sides, like a minus 110 on each side.
1: Yeah, it, sh- it should be somewhere around there.
0: All right. So, J- Johnson Isner over. All right. Here we go. Um, are there any like fool's gold players who are ranked very highly on either the men's or the women's side? Like in the men's side, is there someone with like a 11 seed? You're like, yeah, he's he's not good. He's not going to play well.
1: <laughs> uh, Right, in, just based off form alone, I would have to say Alexander Zverev. Really? Yeah, he um, he's got a bit of the yips on his serve, and uh, it's it's odd because he's got one of the best serves in the game, but it's his second serve that he just. I, I even I can't figure out what it is. I don't think anybody on his team can figure out what it is. Um, but part of it comes, I think, to um his ball toss. He tosses it a little bit too high and just throws off his serve completely, and he'll he'll miss by five feet on a second serve.
0: Yeah, and I assume on the women's draw, like if you look, they they seed the top thirty-two, right? I'm not crazy in thinking that.
1: Yeah, it's the top thirty-two, so they get um, I believe four seeds in each section.
0: Okay. So is there anyone in the women's side that you would say, like, hard pass on them, like inside, like, the top 16, let's say?
1: Um, Top 16. Maybe top 20. I'll I'll probably say Diana Yastrzemska. And it's tough to say her because she's got a great game and she's a young player that really would have an opportunity to win a Grand Slam, even at her young age and and inexperience. But she's been battling a few injuries, and she can um, be a bit immature on the court. She'll call for trainers and medical timeouts multiple times in a match and really try to get under the skin of her opponents. But this last week, she turned her ankle against Venus. Didn't seem to be a problem, but um, it developed blisters on her foot which then I guess with her movement, trying to avoid the pain from the blisters messed up her knee a little bit. So she's got a lot going on and I, I just don't see her making that deep of a run this year. All right. Well, what what about Venus is like Venus.
0: I, I just didn't realize she was even playing tennis anymore. Is like she any good?
1: Uh, she's definitely not the player she used to be. <laughs>
0: no. Well, she... like, but like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't remember when it was, didn't she win Wimbledon? Like sometime within the past five years.
1: She she didn't win, but she got to the final and lost to um Garbini and
0: So could she do that here?
1: I, I don't I don't think she's got any shot, honestly. Right. But okay. Okay. she you know, she has a tough first round matchup and she probably could make an upset, but she she just doesn't have the um the durability to go deep into a tournament anymore.
0: Yeah, her first round actually I'm just looking at sets right now. That's over under twenty and a half uh for the first one let's see here match lines on venus venus is a plus 160 like that's a tough matchup like she's an underdog like could she win her first round matchup yeah she she definitely could
1: i mean with venus it all always comes down to her serve her serve was abysmal last year and she changed it up during the quarantine and it's looked somewhat improved but it's still pretty inconsistent but um, if she strings a match together where her first serve percentage is above her norm, she has a shot to upset pretty much anybody. But it, it's a tall task for her.
0: Okay, so, Carolina Muchova is pretty good?
1: Yeah, she's she's one of those young up-and-coming players that she probably shouldn't be um, ranked inside the top. I guess she's, she's got to be ranked 35th with all the seeds that are – Withdrawn, um, so she's definitely not the level of her actual seed in the tournament, but she's she's got good good talent for the young player that she is. All right,
0: do you uh, do any like actual DraftKings tennis? Like, do you have any insight to that?
1: Oh yeah, I, I play as much as I can.
0: So, what is like if I'm just kind of going to DraftKings right now? I've never played tennis on DraftKings because mainly because I don't know. I I feel like I now know 3,000% more than I did before. This is great. (laughs) I I, I know how some of these names are pronounced. But, like, what what types of players should I be looking for? Like, especially on, like, day one, day two of a Grand Slam, are you looking for the – person who gets the most aces or are you trying to figure out which is the five setter and try to get exposure to that because you're just going to accumulate more points like what is the optimal strategy to try to take
1: um well the, the most optimal would be quick and easy if you can get somebody that's going to make quick work of their opponents um they're going to score the highest amount of points just based off the fact that they're not going to be losing points for the amount of games they've lost um potential double faults um etc etc but I, I do like I, – I don't necessarily like chasing guys that that put up a, a ton of aces, but it does help their floors and their ceilings um, if the matches do go four-plus sets.
0: So is there like a lean between like men's and women's? Like I assume there are more aces uh, just amongst the men as there would be in women. I could be dead dead wrong on that, but – at the same time, like, do you have, like, a stack between, like, an all-men's team and all-women's team, or do you try to find the value on both sides?
1: I always try to find value on both sides, especially because there's more volatility on the women's side. You'll see a lot of girls that get down early that just give up, essentially. Um, and, yeah, on the, on the um, men's side, because it's five sets, they actually have different scoring types for the for the two um, genders. Um. For example, I think on the men's side with five sets, you get 0.25 points per ace. And on the women's side, because it's three sets, you get 0.4. So it's a little bit weighted towards both.
0: Okay. I I didn't realize that there were like equalizers between it just because you would get the extra two sets. That actually makes an incredible amount of sense. That's why I was thinking like, go all men's. They might go to five sets. This is great. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, um, do you find that yourself taking like the men's like high price players and try to find like your low price players or value players from the women's side?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit more of a strategy that makes sense because you see more upsets on the women's side and the men tend to um, have better control on their opponents. Who is like the best DraftKings tennis player? That's that's actually a tough one. Um, And the men, I would say Djokovic, um, which is a no-brainer. But um, I, I don't even know if there's one on the women's side. So it, that you
0: would just be really like, especially for a tournament like this, where you know, the, the favorite for the tournament is plus 450, that you can kind of lean into a bunch of different players here. Like, is there a, like, is there, like I mentioned Roundish? like Roundish is like all serve, basically. The, the guy looks like he's going to break his kneecaps every time he tries to move laterally. Is there anyone on the women's side like that, who's just basically all
1: serve? Um, well, we actually discussed her a little bit ago. Um, Alina Ribakina, she's got the highest, um, amount of aces on tour this year i think it was something like uh 130 and it was it's like 30 more than than the next person obviously they haven't played that much this year but uh she's got one of the fastest serves too on tour and she, she can wipe anybody off the court with her serve if it's, if it's working bad day
0: so i mean in like round one day one draft kings, is she someone that you would kind of gravitate towards then
1: um probably yeah because of the matchup she's gonna have her form definitely wasn't great last week, but that could have just been that trust, which has happened with pretty much everybody from the time off. Um, but they're gonna all—all all these top seeds are gonna be, for the most part, playing girls out, girls and guys outside the top uh, 90, I would say, in ranking. So they should have pretty good matchups um, to take advantage of. I it could it be telling
0: that if you were just going to look at who you should pick on DraftKings go just over open the tab to DraftKings sportsbook and look at the head to head odds like I see some people in the just day 1 that are like minus 1400 favorites do I just be like oh they're minus 1400 I should probably use them or does the scoring make that a bit more difficult
1: uh the scoring and the pricing is going to make it more difficult because the the heavy favorites like that are probably going to end up being around 11000 plus which is going to get rid of over 20% of your cap and probably mean that you're going to have to take on an extra value play. Um, My personal take on the early days of of grand slam events is that you're going to find somebody with similar ceilings in the nine K range. So you'll be able to um, accumulate similar um, production out of some of the lower, I guess, valued favorites. All right.
0: Josh Gross ftnbets.com uh tell everyone what you got cooking up over there and how they can actually follow you when you're updating your bets and the kind of the, the spin that you're putting on things because you absolutely nailed the one last night uh,
1: <laughs> um so we have a bet tracker that um has all the sports included um if you if you purchase that sport and basically every day i'll update my my picks with with the tennis um section of the bet tracker and you'll be able to follow along all the picks from that day and track all the props and um, sides, totals, etc. Um, from pre- previous days, and it'll have all of that tracked with units, win loss record, and everything everything that I've given in the in the previous days.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that's awesome to know, just to see the accountability that's up there behind it. I've been doing really well with it, uh, so thank you very much for that. I, I really do of appreciate it. My bank account appreciates it. My wife appreciated <laughs> the Uber Eats dinner I got her the other night. So I'm like, yeah, I just walked into some extra cash, found it when I was walking down the road. Made sure I wiped it down with some disinfectant, and it's all good. Let's pay for some cash <laughs> here. Um, but at the same time, um, like, what... Uh, now i know i've completely lost my train of thought so i'm thinking about winning money again oh yeah code mayo get yourself a discount over at ftnbets.com if you want to follow along with the No, oh, what i want to say is there's real value in the props to this stuff isn't there
1: um yeah there is um i've noticed that some of the props can be mispriced in tennis and it's it, it all depends on matchups and they really like to price them off um previous previous statistics so value can pop up every now and then and those are probably the best areas to attack in matches
0: um is there any like merit to like yeah like obviously you see the odds come out you're scanning it you're going through it is tennis one of the sports where you really
1: do want to hit it early before the odds get a chance to adjust Uh, absolutely i i've noticed even post-quarantine they really haven't um price some of the matchups um to where they should be at least on the opening and a lot of the guys and girls' forms have changed in the last four or five months or however long it's been since they've really last played professionally um and it's it's a market that
0: moves very quickly so you you want to be up to date on what you're up to like you're making the bet then posting it right (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah pretty much Yeah, so that's always the best way to do it. So you want to keep up to date to that, even like turn on a notification or two uh, to make sure that you're not missing out on what could appear to be a really good line. The one benefit, especially right now, and it's probably going to happen more with the French Open, although the French Open is going to be like really wonky times. It's going to be super early in the morning. Or if you just stay up really late, you can probably be good at it too, is that with football, with golf, with basketball, with baseball, with hockey, all going on at the same time, I'm guessing a lot of the American books will be slower to the draw to update some of the mispricing unless I get absolutely hammered on it right away right
1: yeah absolutely absolutely
0: all right josh gross at josh 3302 on the twitter machine thanks for coming on man this is fun I, i do really feel like i'm more educated on tennis right now it's not just wearing a fancy polo i figure i do golf might as well give tennis a shot too seems like it's right down my alley
1: yeah thanks for having me on it was great
0: yeah no problem man i'm pat mayo you can follow me at the pme on twitter instagram facebook please subscribe to the mayo media network on youtube and download the pat mayo experience audio podcast and rate it five stars use code mayo at ftmbets.com get yourself a discount and go check out all of josh bets up there plus everything else that's going on over at ftn as well i'm pat mayo thanks for watching i'll see you next time
1: EXPERIENCE!